Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Living for Christ. Today's subtitle is Be Good. That's right, be good. God wants you to be good. We'll talk a lot about that today. So it's a lot different than what you're expecting, believe me. And I know that you're going to be richly blessed. Well, don't forget to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You can hear today's message in its entirety and so many more. As a matter of fact, you can hear all the messages that are in this series by going to our website. All right. Without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Be Good right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, uh, let's go back into the series today <clears throat> entitled Living for Christ. We are living for Christ as we approach the Easter season. This is a wonderful time of year. But we're in the subject, um, the series entitled Living for Christ. And we're going to subtitle today's message, Be Good. And hopefully we'll actually get to it. <clears throat> Be good. All right. Now, let me say this. It is the um, we'll turn. You can turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to Second Corinthians five. I'm going to get another. I'm going to get a few other scriptures. Some scriptures will be on the screen and some scriptures will not be on the screen. That's simply because I didn't give it to my wife in time to put it on the screen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Some things were given to me prior or rather after after. Um. I release the information uh, for the screen ministry. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, let me say this. It is the responsibility of, responsibility of the church to make disciples, that is followers of Christ, Amen. not simply church members. Amen. Okay. Not just a group of religious people. Okay, the responsibility, the responsibility of the church is to make disciples. Disciples are fully committed, devoted followers to Christ. Amen. Disciples are fully committed, devoted followers of Christ. That's why this place is here. Not a social club, not a get to know club or anything like that. It is to be to produce fully committed, devoted followers of Christ. And you're going to hear more and more and more about that every time we come, Lord willing. We are here to make disciples, not church members. Amen? Amen. Now, it is the disciple, the born-again believer, that the Lord talked about here. You can write this down in John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do, because I go, to, because I go unto my Father. The disciple, the believer, will do the works of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will do the works of Jesus. You see, we're going to have to continue uh, to press Press and continue to pray, continue to seek God's presence until we're actually doing the work of Christ. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. 
He said, the works that I do shall he do also because I go into my father. Also in the book of Mark, Mark 16, the great commission here. Listen, Mark 16 verses 15 through 18 says this. It says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Hallelujah. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow the disciple, the follower of Christ. The, and I, I, I loosely say in today's world, these signs shall follow the Christian. Oh, my God. I, that's why I say I loosely say that. Because the, most of the signs that are following those that call themselves Christians today is hypocrite. Amen. Judgmental person. Amen. Amen. Intolerant or what have you. Those are the signs that follow most people that call themselves Christians. I think I will. Hypocrite. Someone that is self-righteous. Someone that is judgmental. Are you hearing? But Jesus said he gave us some other signs that should follow those that believe in him. Those that are disciples or followers. What are those signs? He said here, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, not be a devil. They shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents. Now, again, I'm not talking about I'm going to bring a box of snakes in here. Let's go dance around the room with them. That's that's not here. Are you hearing? If I take up a serpent, it's because somebody's in danger and I have no choice but to deal with this thing right here, right now. And toss it out as quickly as I possibly can, declaring the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But it also, uh, taking up serpents talks about some sort of dangerous thing that you're going to have to get involved in and it won't harm you. Praise God. The power of the serpent is in his mouth to uh, extract or to secrete venom into the bloodstream of his victims. So really talking about dangerous times, really with dangerous people that you're going to have to encounter, but God will help you with it all. But he said, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Uh, They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. All of these things are signs of the believers, or signs of the disciple. Remember, the Lord said, what I do, you do also. So it's time to believe God, not only for the works of Christ as in helping people, but the supernatural works of Christ that people need as well. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go into the message. Second uh, Corinthians five fourteen says this. This is out of the New Living uh, Translation says this. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone. Say, he died for me. He died for for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Here again, I love, see, this is one reason I've chosen a new living translation here. It's just for that sentence. I'm telling you right there that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, living for Christ. Amen. 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 All right. uh, 
2 Corinthians 5, 21 out of the King James says this, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, God calls you righteous. If you are a believer, a disciple, a born-again believer, God calls you righteous. Hallelujah. Now, we know that this righteousness is apart from the things that you've done or the things that you do. This is something that God has declared. Let's go a little bit further. Last week, we talked, uh, we ministered from the subject of the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of righteousness. Uh, There can be a tree sitting in this room and looking at that tree right there. And that tree can say, I am an apple tree. I am an apple tree. I am an apple tree. It can have its own Bible. It can wear a big cross and say, I am an apple tree. I am an apple tree. But if I never see any apples, you ain't no apple tree. You're not an apple tree. There are fruits of righteousness. Are you hearing me? As we said before, uh, it is possible to serve someone without loving them, but it is not possible to love someone without serving them. Our works stem uh, from the inside and they manifest outwardly. Remember, that's what God does. He deals with your heart and then you go about doing good. Right? But the world will compel you to do good works They say do good works, do good works, or religion compels you to do good works, and hopefully you'll be called good. But that's not the case with God. Again, we are not doing good works to be saved. We are doing good works because we are saved. Now listen, Christianity is less about what you do as far as sin or not sin, but it is more about who you are in him. Because when we are who we are and where we are in him, then we'll begin to do the stuff we need to do. Are you hearing? Oh, and I love this. There's an old saying that says, what you do speak so loud, I can barely hear a word you're saying. Let me say that one more time. Belinda. (laughs) What you do speak so loud, I can barely hear a word that you're saying. And this comes from Christ within. He is the one who produces the fruit out of us. This is why Philippians 1.11 says this. Uh, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Again, we are filled with the fruits of righteousness. You're born again, you're saved, you're a follower of Christ. Then God has filled you with his fruit of righteousness. And Christ himself... Christ himself is in you producing that fruit. So this is the difference between relationship with God and worldly religion. Christ is in you producing the fruit. All right. Colossians 1 verses 27 through 29. Are y'all with me today? Don't want to lose you. And then we'll finally get into the subject as we go on. And this is a little way of uh, recapping here. Colossians 1.27 says this, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of, his, of this mystery or the secret among the Gentiles. God wants the Gentiles to know something. Now remember, all, all of us are Gentiles. Gentiles are simply those that are not Jewish, not Jews. 
Okay? Gentiles are non-Jews. I don't think anybody here is Jewish. If you would, praise God. I'm glad to see you. Glad that you're here. But the scripture here is talking about the Gentiles. He said there's a secret that God would make to the non-Jews. Okay? There's a secret. What's the secret? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the secret that God kept hidden for eons or, or millennia. This is the secret that God would put himself, Christ, into the heart of a human being. This is something that is outrageous that God himself, first of all, would come down in the form of a man that in his infinite power and wisdom, all that is God would allow himself to be bottled up in a body. Hmm. Secondly, he will allow himself to be tortured and hang on the cross. Hmm. And then allow himself to be raised from the dead and then come and live inside of you. Hmm. Also a very curious thing. This is a secret that God would, that God kept hidden, that he would live in you. And that he would live in me. He would live in the born again believer. He would live within the disciple. God in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Isn't that something? Look at verse number 29. Whereunto I also labor. Paul said, I, I labor or I work striving according to his working. He notices something. He says, I know that Christ is working. I'm laboring, I'm working, I'm striving, I'm struggling in agreement. According often means in agreement. In agreement to his working. In other words, in agreement to what Christ is doing in me. I work because Christ is working in me. Now, some of you who've been uh, with the Lord for a while can testify that if Christ wasn't compelling you to do things, you would have stayed at home in the bed. If he wasn't compelling you to be nice to some people, you would have flatly be, you would have been very bad to them. He compels you because he's working in you. You are also working. Are you hearing? Then the verse goes on to say, which worketh in me mightily. Oh, yes, he's working in me mightily. He's working in you mightily. Amen. Now, Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now in him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The power of God is working in you. Say with me, the power of God God. is working in me. me. This is what the Lord is talking about, really about being a Christian, being a disciple. It's where Christ works through you. Christ works through you, not merely, not just you going about doing good things, but Christ working through you, manifesting the good. Are you hearing me? Okay, again, religion tells you this. Religion tells you if you do enough good, then you'll be called good. But the problem with that is that we can't always do good. And when we don't do good, someone will say that you are bad. Religion is based on what you do, good or bad. And it calls you what, and it simply labels you by what you do. But relationship with God says simply this. God says, I've already made you good. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, God said, I've already made you good. So rest in and rely on the goodness that God has provided to you. And this is what we're saying today um, about be good. 
Now, here's the word from heaven. I pray that you receive this. Because many are striving to be good. Be good. Uh, The phrase be good can be taken in one or two ways. The phrase be good, one can be taken as a command. That is, you tell your children, honey, be good today. Be good. Don't pull your sister's hair. Be good. And once that word goes out, then that child then begins to set about doing things that he knows are good. And secondly, trying his best not to do things that are bad. So that when mommy comes back around or daddy comes back around, they can say, mommy, daddy, I was good today. Simply meaning I did not do the things I thought were bad. I did the things I thought were good. So then mommy or daddy would say, hey, you were good today. Then they would pronounce goodness on him. You were good today based on what the child did. Right. But when God says be good, he's not talking about you monitoring yourself, trying to live a moral life. He's telling you to be good. In other words, be this. Let what he has done be in you so much that you become that. Let Christ work out of you so that you are good, so that you will be good. Does that make sense to you? So we should strive not to be good, but to become one with the one that is good. Or to submit to the one that is good. Because when I submit to him, when I dwell in his presence, when I remain in his word, I become what he is. That make sense? If you are striving, if you are striving to be good, then you've actually already missed the boat. Then that means that you are trying your best not to do things that are bad. And there's a difference. One person tries his best not to do bad in hopes of being good. The other person, God said, you are good. Now rest in my goodness and let me work goodness out of you. Let me work goodness through you. He, He has become good because God declares him good. But the other says, I will be good. And then maybe if I do enough good, God will call me good. That's a religious undertone. That's not Christianity. Does that make sense to you? Now, the Bible says clearly that the law was given. We can look at this in Romans 3. Romans 3, verses 20 through 28. It says this. It says, Romans 20, or rather Romans 3, verses 20 through 28. Let's look at verse 20. It says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law shows us how sinful we are. That was the purpose of the law. That was the purpose of the commandments to show you that you couldn't do it. Let me give you an example. Let's think about a classroom. Some of us are still in the classroom experience every day. Look at some of our teenagers. Look at some of our children in the classroom experience every day. Some of us have been in the classroom experience before. Right? All right. Let's put ourselves in the classroom just for a minute. 
All right. So in the classroom, you got all different kinds of people. Some people with the spitballs in the back of the room. Some people talking, some people yelling and whatever some people do in their work. But imagine for a moment that there are a lot of children in the classroom, about 30 children in the classroom. But there's one child in the front of the class, front left of the room, front left. And he does his work all the time. When people are yelling and fussing and all that and cutting up in class, he's right there focusing on the assignment. He turns in hundreds. uh, His grades are always 100. When asked a question in class, he always hands up and he knows the answer every single time. He is a model student. That one student makes all the rest look bad. (laughs) Some of you have been that one student. That one student, because he simply is doing his work, makes everybody look bad. And some of the class, some of the class members hate him. Not because he has done something to them, but because he is simply good. And they are not. And so they begin to persecute him, calling him names, egghead and, you know, whatever else. They want to say they begin to persecute him simply because he is good. His goodness, his good example, his standard in the classroom makes them all look bad. He has set a standard, a standard of right conduct, a standard of right grades. He set a standard that all of them know that they fall short. They can't make it. They can't do it. Okay. We, now let's take it back right back to the word. The law is God's standard. His standard of rightness. He says, just like we're at the at the um, theme parks or Six Flags or Disney World. Some of you seen those signs that says, if you're this tall, you can ride this ride. Anybody seen that? If you are this tall, you can meet this. In other words, if you come under this standard, if you if you cannot rise above this standard, you're not good enough. You can't ride this ride. You can't come in here if you fall below this standard. You're not tall enough. You're not good enough. You have to stay outside. You can't come in here. So God's law is his standard. The Ten Commandments and the other 300 or 600 other laws that went with it. These standards. He set standards for man. Man said within himself, we can do it. We can be holy. We can be just like you, God. We can be good. We can be good. All right. God said, really? Yes, we can do it. All right. Well, here's my standard. Here's what I call good. Here's what I call good right here. You know what mankind's been doing ever since? trying to jump and reach it. Some people can jump really high and they feel like they are self-righteous. Hey, hey, my head almost hit the top there. Hey, look how good I am. I can jump. Hey, but there's only one man that met that standard and that name is Jesus Christ. He went right up to it and said, hey, if this is standard here, he walked right up to it. He's good enough. And he met the standard. But there were some that perverted God's law and thought that if I simply do everything that God says, if I perform good enough, if I do enough good and if I stay away from the bad, then God will accept me. Then I will be called holy. Then I will be called righteous. But that was not the purpose of the law. The law was given to show you your flaws. 
to show you that you could not be good enough. God gave a standard. His standard was his law. Because if God simply said, be good to mankind, just two words, be good to all mankind, then good is measured differently in everybody's sight. What I think is good, you may think is bad. I like uh, the other Tuesday, somebody cooked some waffles in the food bank. And I like with my waffles... I like to put a little butter on them. Mm -hmm. And then I like to get me a little bit of jelly. Mm, Put it on there. Mm, That's good. And then I like to get some syrup and and I put it on there too. That's real good. And if I had some whipped cream, oh yes, I'd do that too. Mm. Some people say, that's just too sweet, but it's good to me. (laughs) So what's good to me may not be good to you. I like putting hot sauce just on about everything. Hot, hot it down. Potato chip with hot sauce on it. Potatoes, hot sauce on it. Chicken, hot sauce on it. Greens, hot sauce on it. Hot sauce, hot sauce, hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Say, ooh, that's too much. For you, maybe. You see, so if God just said to us, be good or do good, we'd all think of something different. So he said, hey, man, you're pretty clever. You were formed, like, formed in my image after my likeness. I can't give you something open-ended like that. So let me give you a detailed list of what I call good. Here it is. And we said, oh, we can do it. So man develops religion, a set system way of doing good in hopes of reaching God's standard. But he can't. So God said, the only way that you're going to be good in my sight is for me to tell you that you're good. It's for me to declare to you that you're good. Does that make sense? So we can't do it, in other words. But, you know, there is a process of goodness. God takes us through a process of goodness. Remember, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. There's none good. Only one. A young, young rich ruler comes to Jesus and says, good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, why are you calling me good? There's only one good but God. Jesus wasn't saying that he was not good. He was trying to, I believe he was trying to uh, tell the man or trying to get the man to realize or to say that he was in fact God. He said, there is none good but God. Are you seeing that I am God in the flesh? Is, your, is God, is my father communicating to you as he did with Peter? Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. Can you see that I am good, that I am God? Why are you calling me this? God is good. And his law, according to uh, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.8, his law is also good. The law of God is also good. God is good. And his law is also good. And it is man's obligation also to become good. Amen. All of us want to be good. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Well, I can't say all, can I? Mm. Most of mankind wants to be good. 
Right? Children want to be good. It's in us to be good. And when we are good, we are like God. Which goes right back to the original, Adam and Eve in the garden. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because they wanted to be like God. Read it yourself. They want to be like God. And what is God like? God is good. God is love. They want to be like God. They want to be good. All of us innately on the inside that's not twisted and perverted, we want to be good. We want to be pleasing to God. We want to be good. But we cannot meet God's standard of what he calls good. And the father knows that we cannot meet his standard of what he calls good. So therefore, he devised a way before the foundation of the world for us to be called good. And that is he would give his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who would shed his innocent blood, who would hang on the cross, who would die and go into the lower parts of the earth three days, three nights and be resurrected and present his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. And that God would see the blood of Jesus and then say all those that believe Jesus in your sacrifice, all those that believe in your sacrifice, son, I will immediately call them good. I will say to them, good, because they have believed in you. We begin to hook up to God's righteous standard when we believe in what Jesus has done. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. That's awesome. God is good. But here again, there's a process of goodness. There's a process of making the sinner good or making the sinner like God, making the sinner godly. And that is through the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, every heart, let me give you an example prayer as we begin to close out. Are you with me today? Wow. About to close out already? Are y'all getting something out of this? It is our responsibility here again, not to strive to be good, but to become one with or submit to the one that is good. Submit to the goodness of God and allow him to work his goodness through you. It's kind of like I can see a man in the uh, clinic having uh, some sort of dialysis. He's having a blood transfusion. His blood is coming out and the new blood is being filtered and it's going right back into him. Instead of the filtering machine, the Lord has given you a transfusion with his blood. Your blood is going out and his blood is coming in. We're submitting to the change. We are submitting to the change. We are submitting to the change. Here again, we are becoming disciples. And that was, that's what this ministry is all about, to prepare you to submit to the change so that you can become good, so that you can become like him. Not a manufactured hypocritical good that the world tries to put on. No, not those who will do things so that other people will like them or do things so that other people will clap for them or do things so that other people would say, oh, you're holy. No, we can file that down there in the trash can. That's not working. That's not what God wants. He wants to work out his goodness through you. There are several examples of that in Scripture. We see when Peter, again, is walking down the road and, and uh, of course, his shadow, uh, people get in the shadow and they find, out, hey, they're getting healed. That's God's goodness working through him. Peter and John went up to the, uh, to the temple to pray. They saw, a, they saw a crippled man begging at the gate called Beautiful. He asked them for alms and they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, God's working through me, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
That's God working his goodness out through us. Hallelujah. God, say with me, God is good. And we receive our goodness from him. Are you hearing? Now here's a sample prayer. Now here's something that I want you to pray and I'll eventually will give you copies of this because this will help keep us centered because for some reason we have a difficulty uh, giving God all of us. There's a difficulty giving God all of us and the things that you keep back from him, those are the things that grow as a cancer and eat away at your soul. Let me say that again. The things that we keep back from God, those things grow as a cancer and begin to eat away at your soul. He wants even the bad, what we call the bad parts of us. He said, give that to him too. The parts of us that are addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, addicted to pornography, addicted to whatever. God said, give that to me too. Give that to me too. Give all of that to him and let him work with it and him work with you. And he will work all that stuff out of you. Does that make sense? Listen to this prayer uh, that I've written and... That the Lord really began to deal with me about. And it says this, Father, may I give you everything. Keep back nothing. Receive all that you have for me. Become what you've desired me to be. I choose to submit to your will. Walk in your divine purpose. Receive the abundance of your grace and your gift of righteousness. I declare Christ dwells in me. And I in Christ, as a result, I am constantly overflowing with the fruit of the, of the with the fruit of your spirit. Your anointing and power flows through me and changes the atmosphere all around me. Because of you, I am an overcomer, blessed, holy, healthy, wealthy, and productive in the kingdom of God. Today, I declare, I am yours. And you are mine. I am your people, and you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you see praying that prayer, that prayer of submission? Not you going about trying to do good, or that is trying to manifest goodness of yourself, but you going about actually becoming good being good in every apple tree as I said before an apple tree does not have to strain to produce an apple it just as long as you get enough water you give enough enough sunlight in the right conditions it will produce the apples right as long as you're under the right conditions you will produce the fruit of Christ you don't have to worry about it as long as you're under the right conditions you will produce the fruit of Christ it's not something that you manufacture within yourselves And uh, I think we're almost at a good stopping point here. But let me go ahead and finish reading uh, the New Living Translation, uh, verses 20 through 28. This is uh, Romans, the third chapter. Are you with me? And my second closing. Listen to verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. God said, I will give you a way to be right with me. I will give you a way for you to become good without keeping the requirements of the law. 
I'll give you away because I know you can't be good enough in yourself. I know you can't do it by yourself. I know you can't meet this standard by yourself. So I'll give you a way that does not require this. Isn't that wonderful? Verse, uh, Verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone. Say everyone. Who believes, no matter who we are, we're made right with God. We are made good. We are made good by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone, uh, everyone who believes, no matter who we are, verse 23, for everyone has sinned. Can you agree with that, that you have sinned? Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's that scale. We all fall short of that standard. Every man, every woman has fallen short of that standard, no matter how good they are. But if you want to bring up Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, whoever you want to bring up, every human being has fallen short of this standard, save one man, Jesus Christ. You can give your body to be burned, but still fall short of that standard. You can give all of your possessions away and still fall short of God's standard. There's only one way to be called good or to be truly good, and that is for God Almighty himself to look at you and pronounce his goodness over your life. Are you with me? Verse 23, once again, for everyone has sinned. We, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declared we are righteous. We are good. He did this through Jesus, through Christ Jesus, when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Verse 25, for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and included them in what he would do uh, to what he would do in this present time God did this to demonstrate his righteousness or his goodness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be right or to be good he declares sinners to be right or to be good in his sight when they believe in Jesus are you hearing Not after they come out the bars, not if they stop drinking, not if they stop snorting, not if they stop doing drugs or what have you, not if they stop uh, shooting this or, or whatever, not if they stop doing bad. God said he declares the sinner. He declares sinners. He declares sinners to be right or he declares those that do bad to be good in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Now that is true fact. So what happens, Pastor? What, what happened? What happens? God say I'm good, but I'm still doing bad. What, what's going on with that? Hear me. As you believe, truly believe in the work of Jesus, as you rely on his goodness, rely on him, here comes that transfusion again. You're submitting to him. God, I believe what you're saying. You know, God, I, I'm not going to say that you're lying. I'm not going to say, you call me good, God, but I still got this in my hand. 
God, you call me good, but I just curse somebody out. God, you call me good, but some reason I can't stop lying. God, you call me good. So I know you cannot lie, God. So I'll simply believe in what you say. And as we believe in what he says, that transfusion is going on. I'm becoming more and more like him. Suddenly, I stop lying. Suddenly, I stop cheating. Suddenly, I stop gambling. Suddenly, I stop doing the drugs. Suddenly, 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 I become like Christ. I become what God said. Does that make sense to you? Because you will begin to become what you believe. God said, if you tie in with my son's sacrifice, if you believe in what he did, then I will begin the transfusion process. I will take your bad and give you my good. I will take your bad and give you my good. You will be good as you believe in the finished work of Jesus. Verse 27, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right or we are made good with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Are you hearing? So I talk to those that are not perfect today. I talk to those that have sinned maybe last night or sinned last week. I speak to you and I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus Christ. What God said about you is true. What he said you are, you are. You are one with Christ Jesus. God lives on the inside of you. You are now the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And the power of God is resident on the inside of you. It doesn't matter what people said, what the devil said, what your past said only allow what God says about you to be true and as you identify with what he said your life will then begin to line up with what he said his word is stronger than your word his word is stronger than your accusers as you say amen to God you will see his word worked out through your whole life worked out through your whole life it's kind of like when you take a pill. You take that pill for a headache. Anybody ever had one of those before? Once you take it out the bottle and you put it in your mouth, you swallow it down with the water, you may not immediately feel any effects. It's not instantaneous. You know you got to sit down for a while and let it work through you and let it work through you and then after a while you begin to feel better all I'm telling you is to take this gospel pill put it down in your mouth and let God work it out through you let God work it out through you and you'll find out after a while you begin to feel better you begin to feel better hallelujah But instead, some have gone about trying to do good. They go about trying to do good because if they do good enough, then maybe they can meet God's glorious standard. But God said, "Uh, uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. He said, no, no, no. 
If you want me to call you good, you have to believe in the sacrifice that I have presented to myself, the Lord says. You tie in with what Jesus has done, then God said, I'll call you good. I'll call you good. And as you receive what he says, you'll be that. So we say today, again, the word from heaven is, be good. Be good. Not simply do good. Because you can do good and not be good. But all those who be good, do good. Does that make sense? Give God a hand of praise. We'll stop there for today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice in him. He did it again. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, great Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You did it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I rejoice in you. Great Holy Spirit. We rejoice in you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you that you brought your word to us so clear that all who heard could understand. And Father, we receive your word of goodness. We receive your word of goodness. We say yes and amen to your word of goodness. Regardless of our actions, we say yes to your word of goodness. We say amen. We agree with what you said. You said that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We say yes, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. You say that we are good. Yes, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. We say amen to that. Now, Lord, we submit to your transfusion process, allowing you the opportunity to work it out in us. Not running anymore from your transfusion table, not running from you because of the sin. Mm-mm, Lord, we come to you. We come to you because you understand us and you know us. So at this time, if there's anyone here that's, that's in need of prayer, come on to the altar at this time in Jesus' name, and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together for that transfusion process. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, and then uh, now's a good time for you to receive the Lord. Well, well, that's it, my friends, for this recorded message. Thank you so much for hearing this audio CD. Now here's the next step. Take the CD out and share it with a friend. And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone. And you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear. And they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life. And I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days 
cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness would be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, here's a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God. But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we're finished praying, do me a favor. Look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done. I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in His rich word and join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you.